can stick a needle in the horror and fix your blindness. See, I was a snake, but I didn't realise you could walk on water. Without legs. Now I'm a bee, the king bee, and I will destroy every flower. And I will cover the earth in honey, and everyone will eat themselves. My eyes are mirrors. All I see are gods on the left and demons on the right. And this week's uh, choice selection is? That is um, Marilyn Manson. Um, (laughs) Red, Black and Blue. Uh, The lead, the first track of his new album. Cracking. Welcome back to Open Mics on the Two Show Mind podcast feed. With me today is um, Marilyn Manson, funnily enough, and he's, uh, who knew he was Welsh? Yeah, yeah, who knew, who knew? No, it's not Marilyn Manson, it's, uh, uh, it's Edward your good Craw- friend. Edward Crawley. Yeah, you got in a little bit too soon there, let's oh, try sorry. that again. All right, all right. With me, as always, is... Edward Crawley. And I'm Liam Toms, we did it the way around today. Comedy shits. is all about timing, isn't shits it? and giggles. Um, how you doing? What's new? How are you at home? Are you good? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Crazy six months, right? <laughs> We've done this since, don't I? Yeah, yeah, things are good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Done a little bit more in the kitchen. It seems like when you're here, we'll just end up having a two-second ramble. So anyone following my kitchen progress, there's now an extractor fan up so I can get the kitchen signed off. It, it does make a huge difference. I mean, I was, I was I, blown away by the change of the lighting just by the... Um... Just by having one of them on. Yeah. <laughs> but that's because the evenings are drawing in. They are. How and, are you uh... coping? I'm not enjoying the dark mornings again. Oh, I don't see darkness of morning just oh, of yet. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not even the kids. It's my. It's the running um, at Run with Ed. Thank you. Um, normally, I would be up at four thirty-five to take the dog. Um, well, for, well, to take myself for a run with the dog. Um, but I can't go in the forest, and I don't like running with him on roads because it's not all that fair on his paws. Um, so I'm like, it's not light until like six, six thirty. So he's back to just a, a little walk at the moment. Well, and yeah, I'm running in the evenings again. If you haven't guessed by the Marilyn Manson intro and the talk about kitchens and dark mornings and walking the dog, we've not got a huge amount of new music to talk about this. <laughs> no, this but what, one of the things I would like to talk about off the off, and it's because it's frustrated me, it's annoyed me this. All right? The New Musical Express, the NME, did a post on Facebook this week. And it, it got my go. It, it it got to me, and it said that the new Marilyn Manson album, Bowie-inspired eleventh album, is his best since two thousands. Hollywood. Now I'll, I'll be the judge of that. I don't want some jumped-up journalist to tell me. First of all, two things spring to mind: is Hollywood his best album? <laughs> And two, <laughs> fun question. They did this, all right, based on one person. I didn't see a thing. We asked a thousand people, and we all agreed that the the lack of rib uh, freak of nature, Marilyn Manson, is doing his best work now for his eleventh album. You know, while he's giving himself his fellatio. You know, suddenly now he's producing his work twenty years later. I've never been more pleased that you said fellatio. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I took it upon myself to listen to both albums, the new album and 2000's Hollywood. And? 
I don't like either. <laughs> end of segment. No, so it's, it's just, not the end of segment though, is it? Because it's it's uh, it's unlocked something in your mind. It's inspired you to listen to some other stuff. Because you were listening to Corn the other day when I spoke to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was listening to Corn. Just quickly uh, for those to put Man and Manson. The, the Hollywood one is the one with disposable teens on. That's the big single of right. it. It's not the one with the the cover, the Sweet Dreams. Um, if I had to choose. I would choose Hollywood as the better album. It's a bit more aggressive. It came just after... He released it just after the Columbine shootings, right. where he obviously took a lot of flack for that because one of them was in a Marilyn Manson mm. T-shirt, potentially. Mm. He was interviewed by um, the guy who did the... What, Michael Moore? Michael Moore, and Marilyn was like, said that thing in that which was controversial, like, what would you have said to them? And he would, I would have listened. I would have talked to them and found out what the hell was going on. Rather than saying, I would have, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and this new one obviously isn't after. It's just a, a creative album. Um, it's all right. I'm not a fan of Marilyn Manson. It was interesting to spend an hour and a half of my life listening to Marilyn Manson. You said, why are you doing that? Um, which then, sorry to put in, but this leads you nicely on to, yeah, I then listened to some other stuff I wasn't, say on my listening radar <laughs> imagine if you've been listening to this uh, show for for this long and uh, you probably never expected us to be talking about Marilyn Manson no but this and just then, goes to then, show we cover it don't we you know well, I, yeah I'm impressed by the lengths you've gone to for um... I genuinely did listen to both albums in full and there are some great tracks on both albums I was pleasantly surprised but would you recommend them I would I, I think if you like your industrial metal with he's a clever bloke like a lot of stuff about the devil and morbidness and vicious attacks and all sorts and black after black you know i'm wearing black is she's black i'm you know a lot of it is very black metal sort of industrial gothic new rocks chains i'm like being strapped up from ceilings by my flesh and i've taken four ribs out so i can give myself head we <laughs> <laughs> which was the rumour that went round at school, wasn't it? Yeah, amongst others. We have we, we, we quite often talk about this um this very small but special category of band that we've seen at Reading whilst we were eating a chip baguette. And uh Marilyn Manson is one of those for me. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah. Watched a bit of his set. And the weirdest thing was the time of day they put him on. It was bright sunny day. It oh was, I know, it's uh, no surprise it was still yeah. there. The sunscreen must have had on, you know. <laughs> Very um, odd. Uh, but then Corn eventually led to you calling me. I did. I um, phoned you. <laughs> to try and... I, sort of to coerce me into listening to five new metal albums. <laughs> this idea that you had that we, yeah, could, yeah. that we could set ourselves a challenge to listen to these. Yeah. Now, probably about half an hour later... Are we dropping our best material for this episode right now? Well, maybe we'll just give a little no, teaser. No, no, I reckon do it. Let's just... <laughs> okay. Um, so... Half hour later, I'd managed to negotiate <laughs> with you that I wasn't going to listen to five new metal albums no, for a feature at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. But perhaps we could find another list of albums that we would listen to because that was quite a cool idea. But yeah. I was like, I really don't want to be coerced into listening to five new metal yeah, albums but like, or five J-pop or five whatever. As you, as um, you have spent the last two decades of, um, we've spent the last two decades of our lives as friends and. What it is, is I come up with something ridiculous and you sort of rein me in a bit or <laughs> encourage me for your own amusement. Um, Depends but, how much I'm involved in the process. But I guess you couldn't you couldn't see quite the amusing side that I could see in this segment. So you've 
reined me in slightly and well, we've, we've come up with a decent idea or you did also in part it's made use of this uh this chunky what i would call a coffee table book yeah Do you know what i mean it's the sort of thing that you put on a coffee table and you can flick through but maybe you don't read i actually have read it all it's um oh god you're taking a photo I didn't i'm going to take a photo of you holding the book so oh, yeah, people can yeah. see that this is happening it's a good photo actually um <laughs> oh, I should have put that on silent. But the book is called the twen- uh, 261 greatest albums since punk and disco. Uh, Fear of music is the, is the um, the subtitle, or maybe that's the title. I don't know. Anyway, it's a very nice type title there. Yeah, it's by a chap <laughs> called Gary Maholland. Uh, no relation to, to my, your my, my uh, <laughs> wife's family. Um, I was gifted this book mm-hmm. uh, during a short-lived relationship, and. At the time, I was like, oh, okay, that, that's cool. This is now all that survives of that relationship. Yeah. This and a peep show box set. And uh, that's how many relationships end with one book and some shit. Well, not shit in this case. Uh, and a box set. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the box set is taken away from you, which has happened to me as well. as you. And me. Yeah. Prison break. Uh, skins. Season one. <laughs> Got one. Never getting it back. If you'd like to message us on Instagram, uh, Two Track Mind Pod, let us know the box sets that you've had taken away from you from angry loved ones. <laughs> but this is something that was left by a relationship. So it's wait. a coffee table book, isn't it? Yeah. As such, you know, yeah. I've got one with iconic album covers. Yes. A hundred iconic, and I think number one is Roxy Music because it shows a bit of nip. It's 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 wordy. I think Roxy Music is probably in here. It is wordy. I mean, there's a, there's a good you know. Short Ooh, essay, and it's the small words as well. <laughs> well, there's some look, there's some big words, but that's the dates. Oh, what's that there? Um, so when I was Why on the phone you, to you, there's a bit of paper here, right. and I'm, he's flicking through. This what's is what the I was bit of paper about? for? That's not a dodgy photo, is it? You've hidden in there. No, <laughs> this, <laughs> is a, this is this is a bookmark, right? From my time at the Borough of Pool. Borough of Pool doesn't even exist anymore. So this is the old. Uh, uh, Local authority council, like whatever you want to call it, paper header. Yeah, thing. yeah. And I used it as a bookmark because I used to sit and read this when I worked on the reception. When he should be organising the council. Yeah. Um, no wonder things have gone to um, rat shit. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that can be the said with any council, not just Borough of Paul. <laughs> uh, now it, BCP. It's certainly not. What's it called now? Oh. Bournemouth Christchurch. Yeah, BCP. Yeah. Oh, no, it, it, it's um yeah. Let's not go into that. Um, but anyway, I made <laughs> I made it too. <laughs> well, we talked about a lot of hard stuff already today. Um, this is what happens when you have a quiet music week. Um, so but I made I quiet? made it. I've got some. You should hear some of the on this days today. We've got a few good ones. Good because this is. I'm not going to eat this out for a whole hour. So anyway, I got to page three hundred and four of three hundred and sixty four. So it goes in chronological order. And it is 261 albums oh, um, wow. since uh, 1976. Gary spoke with two R's. So the first one, yeah, that is unusual. The first one is uh, the Ramones self-titled okay. album, uh, which just as a fact uh, didn't chart in either the UK or the US. No so there way. You go. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to pick five albums each from this uh, yeah. at random. We've used a random uh, number generator. Uh, Ed's got five, I've got five, and we will be listening to these albums over the course of the next few months. Yep. Then at the end of the year, we're going to do a special uh, book club or album club style episode where we're going to go through our thoughts. So these are going to be albums that we have that we probably, haven't listened to, probably. And if we are, we if we have, we should probably pick again. Yeah, maybe we we'll shift it on to the next one. Yeah, shift it yeah. on to the next one. So okay. we've already done the random number generators. We've got the five. These are completely random. 
So do you want to open it up, Liam, to yeah. 113? This is your first. Okay. I'm going to... I'll probably squeeze them next to it. Oh, we've, done, we've done these by page, not number. Oh, of hold on! I might have a, I might album. have a fucking soundtrack, um, sound effect for this drum roll or something. Uh, da, 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 da. Talk amongst yourselves, guys. Um, oh, I have, but it, because I'm paid for the app, I've just got to wait five seconds. Five. Oh, fuck's sake! This time, two thousand. Alton John's just thrown a tantrum and decided not to play a gig. <laughs> Elton. Here we go. Echo and the Bunnyman. <gasps> Heaven up here. Oh, Echo Bunny. Came out in May 1981. Heaven up here. Yep. Good one. That's not a bad one. Would you, would you say Men or Bunnyman? <laughs> uh, Bunnyman. All right. My first one. Can you open it up to 191, please? Get the sound effect ready. Sorry. Oh, hold on. <laughs> He's not quite there. Oh, no. In this time, 1991, Nirvana have just been booted out of their own Smells Like Teen Spirit party for starting a food fight. Oh. Is that where the Foo Fighters name came from? <laughs> Lose the D. Foo Fighters. Right, you've got Beastie Boys, Licensed to Ill. Oh, now I would. You will probably f- be familiar with some of the tracks, but yeah, I don't know if you've ever. They weren't someone that I tried to force myself to like because I thought they were cool or anything. It wasn't. But that's 1986, a... the year before we were born. Yeah. I'm chuffed with that as the first one, though. I'll do it. All right, can you go to 345 for your next one, please? Do you want another on this day chucked in while you're finding it, or are you there? Jesus Christ. Stephen Malkmus. Who the fuck is I have that? no idea. But it's his self-titled album. How do you pronounce, how do you spell the last name? M-A-L-K-M-U-S. A- M-A-L-K-L. Got to number 49 in the US. UK chart. Self-titled. Uh, God, oh, he was in um he was in pavement. Oh so there we go. That that gives it a bit more um context. Pavement fella I'll write down if you want. Right, yep. All right, can you go to 217, please, for my next one? Sorry? 217, 217. Imagine if the National Lottery was like this. Liam and Noel have just had to get on separate flights after finishing a US tour. They could be breaking up this day, 1996. These are the most cliché on these days. Nirvana start a food fight, out and through a paddy, Liam and Noel on separate flights. This could have been today. Fugazi, self-titled album. Fucking hell, how am I getting these? <laughs> Again, I couldn't name a track, but I know of them, obviously. Okay. All right, Liam, number 53. That, my whole life flashes before my eyes as I'm flicking through these pages. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> pleased with this one. <laughs> what is it? Earth, Wind and Fire. The best of Earth, Wind and Fire, oh. Volume One. Oh my God! Best of Volume One. If September's not on it, I'm going to be fucking disappointed. Hundred three hundred and forty for me, please. Three four oh. Oh, 
You've got American Free, Solitary Man by Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. The Rick Rubin produced album. American and Free. Yeah, America Free. I'm not overly bothered by Johnny Cash. Tough shit. I'll walk the line. It was almost outcast. I hurt myself today. Right, what we got next? Yours is 132. Born on this day, Niall Horan of One Direction fame, 1993. He's a multi, multi, multi millionaire. We're sat on a chair. (laughs) (laughs) The Clash, Combat Rock. Oh. What was on that album? Oh. Straight to Hell. Not Should I Stay or Should I Go? No, I don't think so. Combat. It doesn't list it as a key track. Combat Rock. Yeah. Oh, it it would have been a key track. (laughs) You'd have thought so. All right, um... Two, three, one, please. Born on this day, James Bourne of Sons of Dork, Muck Busted and Busted. (laughs) Uh, 1983, once spent 36 grand to hire the Star Wars Orchestra to close an album out. Well, if I had the money, I probably would. Yeah, yeah. Send me to sleep. This is your one, yeah? Yeah. It's Morrissey. Bone oh. drag. No. So I'm going to push it on. Do you, want to go, do you want to go one forward or one back? Oh, the old... Uh, can you do it in a Bruce Forsyth style voice, please? And do you want to go one forward or one back? <laughs> He's having a stroke. <laughs> oh, God, Come go on. on. Don't speak of the dead. I'll go one forward. You've got The Lars. Oh. Self-titled album. Um, there uh, she goes. That's one of the key tracks, yeah. Okay, yeah. He, uh... Unfortunate what happened to him. He's still around, but I think I think he's skint. Oh. Uh, maybe maybe if you like the album, buy it. Self-titled? Yes. I think they started touring again, but it was never quite the same. Mm. I think it was for money. I can't be sure of that, so if our lawyer is listening, just cross a line through that, will you? Thank you. <laughs> i tell you what, I think anyone in the law department would have a filled day with this show. <laughs> Some of the things that we've said. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, right. Swiftly on. Free, free, two for Liam's shit, last shit. album. Better be a good one. Oh, bollocks. Let's just have a minute's silence for Tupac, who, after being shot six days ago, lost his life on this day in 1996. Supposedly. Oh, there's an episode. Conspiracies. Uh, look, I know nothing about Tupac. <laughs> I just feel like that's the sort of thing that would be a conspiracy. No, no, I think I think that's an official conspiracy. Okay, I didn't make it up, I know, but then. Okay, uh, my last one is Khalees, Kaleidoscope. Oh! Is that um, my milkshake? No. <laughs> is Kaleidoscope spelt with a K, isn't it? Yes. In that sense. Yeah. Well, how else would you spell it? Good point. <laughs> And my last one, 93. That's a long way to go back. (gasps) I've shot the gun. The TV's turned on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is quite the episode, isn't it? I mean, turn it off quick because we can only have 30 seconds of whatever it is. Sorry about that. You can probably edit that out. Yeah, do the do the do the thing again. Ready? Ninety-three. 
aggressive. Uh, Dexy's Midnight Runners, Searching for the Young Soul Rebels. Now, oh, let me have it. I haven't listened to it in a while. <laughs> let me tell you, Gino's not on it, and neither's Eileen, so you can have it. Oh, right. That's not the album I'm thinking of, then. There you go. Is that not the Green Elm cover? Yeah. Unless you, you sure? just didn't count them as key tracks. Let me see. No, Gino's on that album. Oh, right. but it wasn't um, classed as a key track. Bloody hell. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that, though. That's cool. So, do you want to go back through the confirmed list? Oh, I haven't written all that information down. Oh, right, okay. But I can... <laughs> I can do out. I can do the who's doing it. I am. There wasn't a lot of space, but I just figured we'd be able to work it out. You've got Echo and the Bunnymen, Stephen Malchus, Earth, Wind and Fire, The Clash, and Khalees. That's not bad. I'm quite happy with that. That's a that's a mixed bag, but but that was kind of what I wanted. Would you trade it for Beastie Boys, Fugazi, Johnny Cash, The Lars, and Dexy's Midnight Runners? How have I come out of that unscathed? They are albums that I could... I potentially would own yeah. four of them. I, I own one of them on vinyl. Probably changed Dexies. <laughs> <laughs> I own it on vinyl. I could go and get it now. I don't listen to it all that much. I inherited it as a vinyl. Okay, right, we'll re-roll. Changed we'll re I think that's unfair, because I already know that I like it. Oh, right. I shouldn't have said that, because right. I could have just got away with it, can I? So we need a random number first. Um, shall I pick a random number? No, we can let the uh, computer do it. Do number four, the day of my birth. Okay. The Modern Lovers. The Modern oh. Lovers. Self-titled. Who, who's that? Any one of them any fame? Um, don't think so. <laughs> all right, oh, all right. The Modern Lovers will be releasing the list on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to um, have a listen to any of them and let us know your thoughts, we could find our, ne- our new favourite album in that. Yeah. Um, but what are we going to say? Maybe make it a Christmas episode when we come back? Yeah. Keep you in touch. If year. we listen to one, we can always say we've done one. Well, we're going to do a little bit of, you know, we're going to um, share our thoughts as we go as well, aren't we? Uh, yeah, if you yeah. follow us, this is a good time to plug the Instagram. Uh, if you follow us at Two Track Mind Pod, we'll be posting bits and pieces of it there. We'll also document it over on the Brain Trust on Facebook, which is our Facebook group, which you'll find by going to Two Track Mind on Facebook. Uh, and also, um, don't forget to sign up for the Brain Trust email, uh, which you can do at twotrapmind.uk. Lovely. With that out of the way, um, on to the rest of the show. What have we got? Well, um, in terms of the release radar, um, it was an odd one this week. Not a lot on there, but the first track that appeared on mine is a demo version of a Bad Religion track, which featured on their new album, um, Lose Your Head. Did you watch them at Slam Dunk with no. me? All right. So they, it, it was a key single off the, the album, which is why I'm guessing it's had the demo release. Um, and really interesting. It's um, complete. It's a totally not different track. It's a lot faster. The one that made it on the album is quite sort of, um, for lack of a better term, I'm really struggling, uh, mature punk rock. A bit slower, but it's still got that guitar sound. Too. Yeah, they're quite good at that. Yeah, and it's still got his iconic spoken word, almost vocals. Um, But the one, the demo is a lot faster. Um, And there's a few lyrical changes, nothing really noticeable unless you knew the track. Um, But I can see why they've done it. It's it's cool. They've released a cool little um, 
a new single artwork for it and it was it was different but i'm i liked both um from the facebook one guy literally commented the the the, the, the I find it so mad that people comment on stuff. But I looked when they released it, the comments, and they, they gathered a lot of comments. Um, and then it appeared on my release radar. One guy just put, I prefer it to the album. <laughs> I was like, what help is that? The album's been out 10 months. <laughs> you know, well, why put it at all? But a lot of them were saying, I like both. Um, I actually prefer the album one, so I'm glad they went with that one. Did because- you feel the need to post it, though? No, why would I? <laughs> You know, you can talk about it on your podcast instead. I liked the post, and that was all. Um, yeah, demo versions are interesting, aren't they? Um, that would that would make a good uh, list. Is demo versions that we prefer to the originals? Any off um, the top of your head? It's one of those ones you probably have to think um, about, isn't it? There, there definitely are some. I can't off the cuff. I can't think of any, but there definitely are some that that do certain bits that I prefer. Yeah, demo t- typically feature on like a, an extended edition of an album or something like yeah. when there's a few Some, variants. Sometimes, I mean, if the album version is, you know, is they've put a lot of thought into it, then it, that's been done for a reason. Yeah, and yeah. it's been done, to, you know, if the demo version was better, they'd have just released the, the demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes you don't, you, you get a bad session or whatever in the studio and it's not mixed or whatever particularly well. Um, and it turns out the demo version has something that wasn't captured in the studio. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Well, come back to that. That's a that's a good one to bank for the future. Well, yeah, it, I I would love to hear now a little. What would have been lovely is if they'd released then a five minute sort of YouTube or Facebook video. Not that they can plug anything on Facebook as a band anymore with videos because that's been banned, hasn't it? What's that about? I saw something. I don't fully understand it, but I think Facebook Lives as a thing for musicians is gone. I think they really? now had to stop that. Yeah, oh, I saw something about the, the it. Band, the sure. band account can be stopped, and the video like c- deleted. Is it? Is it to do with the number of people? It must be something to do with that. Yeah, oh. I didn't read into it fully. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do that for the next episode. Have a look into that and see what. See if we can have a a scope and be sort of the Spotify detectives again, because. Uh, we seem to do well then. Um, on the release radar, were, um, so a single that actually that, that I totally forgot to talk about when it first came out is Deftones. Uh, Ohms. Deftones are a band that sort of I've been always aware of since the Kerrang days of the video for Back to School where he's on a skateboard, blah, blah, blah. And although I've got a couple of albums, I've got a couple of record store days, things that they did, and I've seen them live at Reading. They're not one that I would be... I'm not like White Pony wasn't the album that changed my life and all this. But I'm very aware of what they do and how they do it. And they're very good at what they're doing. And I think in recent years, they've become more on my radar. But that was because I read a review that said um, Chino's Morrissey influence lyrics and vocals on this album. Uh, make Hello. It. So I was like, <laughs> give, it, give this album a listen. Um that was the last album, but this new single has just come out and the album's coming out on the 25th or 26th of this month. Um, and it coincided with a podcast release where the drummer of Deftones was on Off The Beaten Track. So I thought, I'll go back and listen to this single then because I saw it come up, but oh my God, it is amazing. I was so impressed. I was like, this is awesome. This is wicked. I don't, I don't have ever listened to Deftones at no, all. No, I can't say I've listened to much of them at all. I've certainly never listened to an album. I, I, I know Back to School and that would be it. Um, 
But this is, even down to the recording of it, is so, it shows how long they've been in the game. It's, it's so well recorded. The drums sound great. The guitars sound really good. It starts off with this wicked like intro and then it sort of goes into a slower sort of riff. But it's a heavy riff, even though it's slower. And then Chino's vocals come in and they've got like a, I think he's famous for having a slight edit on his vocals, which makes it sound a bit, I don't know what the word would be. Um, but if you're aware of Deftones, you'll know what I'm on about. But I would go and check it out. I think I think as a single, as an opening track, I will 100% check out this new album because I, I, I've written down Magnificent, <laughs> which is an odd <laughs> word to choose. But I think it's massive. I think it's a, such a good song. I was so impressed. Um, so I'm glad I listened to the podcast with the drummer because it made me go back and check out the single, um, which is great. Yeah, I was awesome. so impressed. That's really good. Um, another big band that are sort of um, are well known is Bring Me the Horizon. They've just dropped a new single called Obey, which features a guy called Youngblood, who spells yeah. it Y U N G B L U D. I'm not um, aware of Youngblood. Not familiar with his work, but I recognise the name. Yeah. And do you remember Command and Conquer, the game? Yeah. It sounds like it could be on the soundtrack to that. It's very like dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> I can imagine setting up camp on Command and Conquer. I've got my mouse in one hand on the, for the PC, and I'm dragging where I want the naval base to be built before I build four ships to defend the base. It sounds almost like that. Probably but the I'm, most probably the most wholesome thing you ever did on a computer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, it's got a, the chorus is a little bit Linkin Park esque. Um, again, I was quite chuffed with it. I thought it was good. Youngblood sings a verse. I've seen the video. The video is quite cool. They're pretending. It's almost Power Rangers, the video. You know when Power Rangers would turn into the bigger versions of themselves? Come on. You're talking to me. No, I know. I've said you know Power Rangers, <laughs> but I know. I know Power Rangers. Yes, you know Power Rangers. So what is it when they morph? Morph? No, what? into the bigger one. You know when oh, they'd be the, fighting something bigger? They call they'd upon go, the Zords. And they would turn into the massive version of themselves. They don't go massive. They call upon the Zords. And then the Zords form together to make the Megazord. So where are they? They pilot the Megazord. Yes. So the video is <laughs> Ollie Sykes piloting a bigger like a, robot. Yeah. And Youngblood's got one as well. It's quite good considering I'm imagining it's been done during lockdown. Um, but because of the nature of the video, it could have easily been done with one of them in America, one of them in wherever Ollie okay. Sykes it's, it's clever. So it's they've good. perhaps just been filmed in a room and then it's just been it literally put into sat CG. at a chair with cardboard sides or something of mm -hmm. them looking like a robot. The rest of it is computerized. Uh, but it's, it's, it's an all right video. I watched the old video. But the song is good. Um, and obviously, Bring Me the Horizon have dabbled over recent years with maybe n not a poppier sound, but a more radio-friendly sound. Yeah. But this has got some of Ollie Sykes' iconic sort of shouting in. Do you think and they've managed good. to? Um, do you think they've managed to tread that line all right in that they've never lost their core fan base, even though they've yeah. they've dipped into radio? Having gone to see them at Bournemouth on their last tour, got was lucky enough to. Um, someone we knew was working it, so we managed to get a couple of tickets. I didn't know you did um, It is mental, like how loud people were singing for the newest single, compare and they didn't perform anything off the first album. But it's a bit like Frank in a way. Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is um, 
they've not lost that original audience. I don't get the sense. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't get the sense they've been disowned. No, I don't think so at all. Yeah. I think a lot of them follow them regardless of what they're doing. I think they've got that sort of fan base Mm. and they just go bigger and bigger, you know. Um, But I was actually really impressed. I liked it. I thought it was a good song. Um, But that that basically brings me to the end of like what I've dabbled in. But then we've both listened to the new uh, Bruce Springsteen single. uh, Yeah, which was um, a bit of a surprise drop, wasn't it? Um, A few days ago. Because the, the last album that he put out was only about... I guess about a year uh, ago, wasn't it? New Last summer, Star or uh, Western Western Star, Star sorry, yeah. um, which was a solo album. It yeah. was they kind of made a big deal of it being just him and it not being the E Street Band. Uh, and then for this album, he's back together with them. So I don't know whether this was something that was um, recorded pre everything going crazy this year, or whether so they, they've been. So you, because I didn't clock that. Not that the last album was a solo album, um, because I was very aware of that. But oh. Sorry. What's happening? I was going to press it to see, because it's just down... Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying <laughs> this is with the E Street Band again. I do apologise for m- my mild <laughs> panic attack. Oh, I did it out, so don't worry. I literally have had a panic attack there, I think. Leave it in. People can know what the, the effort we go to. It's giving me brain aneurysms. <laughs> Me pressing buttons as if I'm out. I've suddenly got Alzheimer's. What, what does this do? What does this it was do? The fact that you had like two or three different sounds. I've got a soundboard there or something. Um, it doesn't say anything. There's no information. But the, the cover art is him looking older. Yeah, <laughs> in the snow. Yeah. All right, so where are we picking up from? Are we leaving this in? We might as well see how long the episode is before you take it out. No, this... Right, so... So it's something that we've both picked up on. (laughs) (laughs) Probably for the best. Uh, Can I just say, my my cousin, right, almost doesn't believe me that I edit stuff out. He's like, where? 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 (laughs) I was like, mate, the other day... I'd gone for a wee, like, during part of it, and come back. Like, and obviously it's just cut so seamlessly that you'd never know. Yeah, yeah. We could be recording these in two separate days and no one have a fucking clue. Well, let's not do that. No, God, no. On this day would be a nightmare. <laughs> um, right, okay. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll start completely again with, with Bruce. So, a track that we've both checked out, which um, is by Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Letter to You. Yes, which is the title track from a surprise new album that's coming out later this year. Oh, is that the name of the album? Yes. I was and, unaware And I say, I say it's a surprise because his last album, uh, Western Stars, only just came out about a year ago. Um, but that was a solo album. And this is, they're, they're making a point now, this being that he's back together with the E Street Band. Okay. Um, I don't think there was any animosity. I think they just, you know, like Nebraska was a solo album. Uh, and then obviously... Born in the USA, born to run on that. They're, they're E Street Band albums. Um, What's the big track off Nebraska? Uh, Antic City. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this fills me with some sort of hope that there might be a tour announcement for maybe later next year, given the way things are looking. Um, he's of an age, though, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, I wouldn't want him to do Do you it. think he's going to risk touring just yet? I don't know. Because he's I, over 60, isn't I, he? Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd rather he didn't if there was some risk, but hey, we just don't know where we're going to be in a year's time, do we? But 
What did you think of the song? Because I've got some thoughts on it. Well, no, you, you go first. Well, I liked it, but I'm surprised that that's the first single they've released. Because a bit like... So, so there's, a, there's a title track on Western Stars. There's a title track on um, uh, High Hopes, which is the album before that. And there's yeah. a title track from um, Wrecking Ball. None of which I would say were singles. Um, other tracks on the albums were, and none of those three were released as singles. So, yeah. to me, it it's the same sort of vein as as those title tracks. It, it sits somewhere comfortably on the album. Yeah. But when I was listening to it, I was like, "This isn't a single. This is like maybe track six, or you know, track three, or track nine. Yeah. Um, so the the word that I simply described it with in my notes is pleasant. Yeah. It was absolutely fine. I really like it as you, a track, you felt but it's like, definitely not a lead single. No, you felt like you were listening to Bruce and it was, I got no complaints about it at all. But, you know, think about some of the singles um, in recent years, like, um, well, this is going back a while ago now, probably about 10 years, but from the Wrecking Ball album, uh, We Take Care of Our Own. Like, that was yeah, an yeah, incredible, yeah. Uh, you know, comeback single for him. But he's also done... Um, you know, going back as far as magic, radio nowhere. Yeah. Very guitar driven, sort of in, almost like rock and roll almost as a recognizable, iconic is, sort of This is almost a bit Philadelphia. Like it's a bit subdued. Mm. You know, I wouldn't possibly come out one that it is featuring in a film or something. Well, He's been told to do a, a, a song for someone walking down a street. To be know? fair, looking at the album artwork, it, it looks like it's snowing where he is. My first thought was, is this a Christmas yeah, album? I've never known... Because Bruce is a handsome man. You know, back in the day, iconically handsome. You know, with his white shirts and his tight jeans and his tight butt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, so he's no, he's no stranger to having a camera on him. But it looks all a bit... You know, United Colours of Benetton, doesn't it? You know, he's selling this year's Christmas coat. He looks like Tom Hanks. He's got a bit of the Hanks about him, hasn't it? It looks like uh, Tom Hanks' um, film that's coming out at Christmas. Letter to you. Letter to you with Meg Ryan. Yeah, you know? the letter to you is letter to Santa. Sorry, can I change Meg Ryan to a more current? No, I think love that's interest. perfect. What was the What was the film? You've got mail. Yeah, I think that's they were in. Spot that must be from. God knows how long ago. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the album. I liked the last one. I thought there was some really good stuff on it. Yeah, and you do, you were a big champion of that one, weren't you? The, uh, the the two before it. Well, actually, to be fair, the last three albums from him I've really enjoyed. Did you listen to the other, I've just noticed here, songs from the film? Uh, I think, are they just different renditions? Yeah. From the Western stuff. Did you ever yeah. check out that? No, I didn't see the film. It, it was screened at the cinema near my house oh, was and it? I remember when it was coming up I was going to ask you if you wanted to go and see it but it's one of those things where it, it gets screened once and it's like yeah, if you're yeah. not if you can't do it that time then it's, you're yeah, stuck. it's, it's tricky isn't it but I did go and see again this is probably about five or so years ago I did go and see uh, the Springsteen and on Broadway no 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 I, just, I still need to watch that I do the problem is we could probably do a, an episode on Bruce and that the problem something. is it's two and a half hours and every time I look at it I'm like I haven't got two and a half hours I need to just start watching it did you it ever watch the up. fan thing that's the one that's the one that I saw at the cinema okay. Springsteen and I yeah, yeah 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 yeah. that was that, good that was really good some nutters <laughs> um, <laughs> you'd be disappointed if there wasn't any nutters <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which probably leads us back to what I said about the Grateful Dead um, <laughs> last week with the with the I did not expect to have a call The mentals that. Um, following him. Bruce yeah. probably still attracts some loonies who yeah. are following him. Um, God bless the loonies. 
God bless the loonies. Um, which loonies, loonies. Uh, there's no segue to our next section, really. What have we got loonies. next? So, I approached you with two episode ideas, and we quite rightly decided between us um, that they were probably not full episodes and that maybe they were nicely fitted into an open mic. And one of them was to do with soundtracks. Yes. Um, which what you was the ro- other one? No, well, let's not drop that yet. Because <laughs> it's going to be At one. the end, we're showing what they could have won. <laughs> Would you want me to? No, no. All right. Because um, the other one, I think, is going to be a great um, section as well. I think it's a really cool subject. And having delved into that slightly in lead up to suggesting it, and there's some really good ones. Okay. Um, but this one is soundtracks. Now, as you rightly said, we're not including scores. So a Star Wars, uh, a Toy Story, something like that. Uh, uh, You're hitting all my favourites today. I know. A great, a Greatest Showman wouldn't count because they are songs that have been written specifically for that mm-hmm. particular mm-hmm. film or TV programme, etc., etc. So these are soundtracks where they've gained permission to use a already existing song in a film, programme, game, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and uh, interestingly, these are quite a big deal for us, aren't they? Well, it's very timely, actually, um, because... It will be 20 years ago this autumn that I acquired a soundtrack that in some ways changed my life in the way that people might say dramatically about music. Yeah. Uh, but is, there's probably some truth to that. A hundred percent. So it's an odd one to start with. And I think we maybe referenced it before. Yeah. But obviously, going back 20 years ago, I'd have been 12 yeah. <laughs> coming on 13. Uh one of my favourite shows at the time was Digimon, the um, the lesser known show uh, in the Pokemon era. Yeah. Uh, but that was, I, I enjoyed it. Um, there was a film that they spliced together using various bits of the uh, Japanese films that had been released before. Uh, and obviously they did an American dub and they did a full on uh, theatrical release of it with a soundtrack. Yeah. Um, so I, I only got this because at the time my dad was working abroad and he was in America and he managed to get it for me. Yeah. And I wanted it because it had some of the songs that were in the TV show as well. So they were yeah. like, you know, songs that were... So actually, breaks the rule a little bit in that there are some songs that were written for it. Yeah, it's but, imperfect. But... <laughs> but it is important because it's the album that introduced me to... Less than Jake. Thank God we've checked that box. <laughs> <laughs> There's someone that's been sat on the edge of their seat waiting for it. Fucking hell, honestly. Take a, take a, take a breath and just have that moment. Have a drink. Um, and I can still remember, clear as day, being sat in the lounge with a few of my friends at the time, um, listening to this album. And I guess at this point we'd heard stuff like this, stuff like The Offspring and Blink-182. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were familiar with songs that had brass in, but we hadn't heard the combination of the two. Yeah. So hearing that, we were like looking at each other like, what the, <laughs> well, this is unusual. Yeah, yeah. Um, so really, my fandom of Less Than Jake started from a curiosity of why there was a brass instrument being played over what sounded like a rock song. Um, and the rest is history. So, can you remember any 
of the other tracks that featured on it. Now. Well, there were some big, big ones on it. So there's um, Fatboy Slim, Rockefeller's Gang, which wow, I already how knew much and would liked. that cost them to get the rights for to use? <laughs> no idea. Um, Smash Mouth, All Star, which is obviously famously in Shrek. Yep. Um, Mike, Len, Mike, Kids Len, in America. Kids in America, which was obviously a cover. Um, and Boss Tones, impression that I get. Yeah. One week. Yeah. Bare Naked Ladies. ladies. So all of these went on to be bands that I enjoyed. Yeah, which is mad, isn't it? Um, But yeah, it was, you know, being of that age and maybe you're slightly more influential at that, easily influenced at that age. Um, But obviously, like you said, you then passed that knowledge on to me. Yeah, so it kind of intersected with us making mixtapes for each other. But... Just as a as funny side note on this, even though I introduced you to Lesson Jake through um, the mixtapes I was making based on obviously me discovering it on that uh, soundtrack, you had actually heard a Lesson Jake song on a soundtrack years before this, which was on... The Good Burger. Now, are there any other songs on the Good Burger soundtrack that you can remember? Off the top of my head, that film is so long ago. <laughs> I could still, you know, um, welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger, can I take your order? You know, and yeah. I can still picture the video of yeah. the We're All Dudes. Um, but of th- other songs, I should watch that, uh, that film again, because I think it's just come onto Netflix, right. potentially. Why? Can you, are you going to enlighten no, me? No, 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 no. I don't know any. I just, I just wonder whether there's any others that stood out. I think... Well, put it this way. It's not made my list of all-time favourite soundtracks. No, I didn't think it had. But it was interesting, wasn't it, listening to Krista Makes from Lester Jake's podcast recently when he was talking to Aaron Barrett from Ruby yeah, Fish. Yeah. Um, and he was uh, referencing the fact that uh, Ruby Fish got a song on... Um, basketball. Basketball. Uh, and they landed uh, Good Burger. And obviously, Basketball was a, a bigger hit. Yeah, massive film. Uh, than Good Burger was. Uh, but that was quite a common thing, they wasn't it? They were also it? on another f- uh, film, um, weren't they, Real Big Fish? Was it Clueless or something? Am I thinking no, about? so Clueless was Boss Tones. Boss Tones. Obviously, that was a bit yeah. earlier. Uh, Where Did You Go was the one that they're playing at bum, the prom. Bum, bum, um, but from the sort of like mid to late 90s through into the early 2000s, it was quite just the done thing to have these... Um, scar bands. <laughs> scar <laughs> bands. Scar or, band. or, you know, um, pop punk bands. For doing... Uh, well, yeah, the Offspring were in... Um, they were in one, doing a cover of the Ramones. Uh, well, they're also in um, one that would make my list, which is the... Well, all of the American Pie um, soundtrack. Of course, some really good tracks featured on them. And yeah. they were massive albums, weren't they? So if you managed to well, get a track on that... They kind of worked like samplers, in a way. Like, there was no real distinction for us back in the day between, like, your... Uh, your Fat Wreck, Golf Records, Deck Cheese, all those punk samplers that we used to have. And the soundtracks, like the soundtracks were just another way of us discovering uh, 15, 16 different bands that we'd then maybe go on to find more about. I, the only thing I would say is that I think when something's in a film, yep. it kind of works almost a bit like a music video. Like it, you already form an attachment to it because you enjoy the film that it's, Featured in. Yeah, yeah, That yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so you already have like a fond memory um, for that for that song. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so leading on, a soundtrack that 
I have so many fond memories of, which is now coincidentally just been re-released. It's been remastered, I suppose, to, for lack of a better term, and updated. Um, which is interesting with a game to be... Uh, I, I've just said what it is, but the Tony Hawk's soundtrack. Now, I'm sure there's every music-based discussion um, podcast where they discuss punk will have an episode on the Tony Hawk's one soundtrack. Um, because aside from you, and, you know, I quite openly say that you helped fuel a lot of my music taste, that Tony Hawk's soundtrack probably did the majority of my, what would then become some of my bands that I'm still love today, you know, Goldfinger, Superman, Bad Religion, New, Melancholy, No Cigar, you know, just to to name a few... Dead Kennedy's Police Truck, which is a song I'm still obsessed with. Um, I don't know if this was on the first game or the second one, but I mean, I I wasn't really much of a gamer at this point, and but I do remember having a demo of it, and even this demo, um, the song is still um, stuck in my head all these years later, which is the um, Five Lessons Learned, Swinging Lutters. Yeah, yeah. So was that, was that, that number one or number um, two? I think that's number two. I've got, I've got the list here. Yeah, that's number two. But still, with Tony Hawk, and I've listened to him discuss the soundtrack before, because he discussed, they actually, he, he was into his punk, he was into like the OG, as they all call them over there, the original punk bands and stuff from um, Gilman Street and stuff like that. And to bring it forward, he picked bands that he liked. These weren't picked for him. He, had, he was very involved in the creation of this game. So when he's choosing the Vandals and Amphrax and Primus and all of these bands, these are, you know, Rage Against the Machine were on there. These were bands. And a lot of the time, I, I've heard John Feldman from Goldfinger discuss that they came over on a tour not knowing no anyone, and then they dropped Superman in the middle of their set and everyone sang it back. And he was like, oh, right, this is the influence of what being on a soundtrack can do to you. And, you know, Papa Roach, Blood Brother, May 16th, uh, 16 by Lagwagon, you know, these are... I still love all of the Alien Anthem, Wish. These are massive bands at that time that were on a soundtrack which people played constantly Mm. like the fact it went on to be one of the highest grossing ever games in the world and i think it still holds records for how many it's sold and i listened to a podcast where tony hawk said at one point activision gave him once it had been out quite a number of years they said oh by the way the game is now only selling for this in the classics bin of your local game or whatever, but here's a check for four million. <laughs> and that was just on royalties alone. Yeah. And that was after he'd been paid the initial money, you know. So with this remaster that's come out recently, they've actually done Con- they've done a new soundtrack. Yeah, they? They, so it's the old soundtrack up and they've added new bands, yeah. which they've been outpicked. So like MXPX have been added, the Let's Ride single. There's loads um I really like that they've done that because there'll be people that um Played that game back in the day. Got into some of those artists um, through the game. Yep. Didn't stick with them or they fell off their radar and they've not checked out newer stuff by some of those artists. Mm -hmm. And it could actually be the catalyst that brings people back to acts like MXPX. Well, Les and Jake have made it on there with Bomb Drop. Um, And then, yeah, let's write. All the other tracks are there. 
Um, but yeah, Robic Fish, she's famous now, has made it onto there. You know, and he's even added stuff like Skepta and Strung Out, um, Suicide Machines, uh, Tribe Called Quest. So he's gone like Zebrahead have made it on there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, so the game is combined with one and two. So the new version is, mm-hmm. um, so the best of, the best maps, I guess. Um, which is quite, a, I guess it's a nod to the fact that they were probably the two. For me, Tony, it was all about Tony Hawk's one and two. Um, regard less so three, four underground, and all that, and so forth. I think there's been like seven or, but it was a, it was a massive. I wasn't into. I'm not into consoles as a thing. I had a PlayStation, uh, but I certainly haven't played a console in years. Um, but Tony Hawk's in 1999 was huge. I, I, I think I, my dad bought me a PlayStation One to play that. <laughs> Um, it's funny, isn't it? The, um, you look back at these track listings on things and it reminds you where your initial interest in, in some of the bands that are, are big in your life even today, where that started. You know, yeah, yeah. I, you know, just last year I saw Third Eye Blind. That, that, sh- that stems right back to the American Pie um, yeah, yeah, yeah. soundtracks. Like, I just, you know, had they not been on that, would I just not have crossed lanes with that band and... You know, I wouldn't be stood twenty years later in a venue watching them. Yeah. Um, you know, where they still play that hit that was obviously in the film. Of course, yeah. But they've got this full discography that is as much um important to me as well, even yeah, more but, so. Because of your nature, you've been back and checked out their other stuff, you know. Um and I think a soundtrack that really did that for me and you, I'm sure you'll agree with this one, and Possibly some of the best track to sketch um, scenarios I think I've ever seen because Dom Jolly picked bands he loved, and that is Trigger Happy TV. And there was a certain um, what what's the word where it doesn't fit juxtaposition? Is that the one? I'm, where you know you've got the Chelsea pensioner crossing and you've got like. Yeah some really sad track underneath it or like a track that totally doesn't fit. Um, and I ge- genuinely, that first, we'll just discuss the first series. That soundtrack is possibly one of my most ever played CDs. And I would sit in my room, bearing in mind Trigger Happy is um, 20 years old now, that initial series. And I would listen to the soundtrack in full. You know, songs like Stereophonics, Just Looking, uh, Embrace, All You Good, Good People, and possibly in my top five all-time favourite tracks ever, Pulp, Babies. Mm. Like, these are tracks I will never tire of because they take me back to a time of watching it on a Friday night and then chatting to you the next day over a portion of chips in a park somewhere or chatting to you on the Monday about the half an hour that we just witnessed. And it fueled our pranks. It fueled our, the start of our comedy and trying to find what we could do comedically to make each other laugh. Like that soundtrack is huge. And, you know. At what point would you say it was? Because it, it, that soundtrack has sort of shaped your interest in the kind of Britpop genre, yeah, hasn't yeah. it? At what point would you say it is that you delved further because a lot of that um at the time perhaps wouldn't have been 
accessible to us in the same way that it is no, now no, where no. you can just kind of go in route through Spotify. I mean, you know, I can remember with some of the stuff that we're talking about here that if I wanted to get the full album of one of the artists that were on a soundtrack, I'd have to save up and, and get that. So yeah. you know, that, 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 it, that exploration of that genre or whatever it was, it didn't happen quickly. It happened over the course of, of years. Yeah. Like I can remember like maybe 10 years later, I'm buying an album from an artist that was on a soundtrack that I was into 10 years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, when did you get into those artists more? And did you, did it, did, did it have a warmth to it because of that attachment of the, the show or did you launch into enjoying it in its own right? Or did that come later? I think I've always had it in me to enjoy um, an indie track. Like, growing up listening to mainly R.E.M., I think it was always on my radar. Um, and then I think the bands that we were enjoying at the time, say Feeder, have definitely got influences there. Where So it's, it's always been on in me to sort of not just seek out the fastest punk. I see. So we weren't a million miles away from some of it. No, Embrace could easily be billed with a feeder yeah. on a show. Um, but you are right. I didn't then go out and buy that Embrace album. I've, that's something that's come since Spotify, really. Um, and the amazing person who made the playlist, because the actual albums aren't listed. Dom Jolly hasn't gone to the effort to upload the official playlist which some have um but someone's made a playlist of it um and i once tweeted dom jolly saying please release a vinyl version of this soundtrack um but he said it's not quite as simple as that it's not it's tricky because we looked at it of course for i don't know if we looked at it for trigger happy but we certainly looked at compilations and the problem is you're having to get the licensing for each of those individual yeah, tracks yeah. people have done it i mean i bought a picture disc of the first american pie soundtrack which is it's beautiful it's like it's a it's a pie oh nice on the picture of it um so it can be done uh but obviously there's a lot of work involved and probably for the sort of numbers that are being pressed it maybe isn't financially viable to do i, w- I would love it on vinyl that first album you know um I don't even yeah I, yeah I just maybe it's the nostalgia thing for it because I do love Trigger Happy TV and I, I think if you were to get down to it, I don't think there's many who would not enjoy it it was it was iconic of its time the ringtone everyone had that fucking ringtone hello you know the amount of times I you hear that down the street or that ringtone would go on and someone across the street would shout hello mm. for, after hearing that ringtone in someone's pocket um the classic nokia uh, ringtone that's a really good point actually because they they did like sound was really important to that show because i guess in some ways a lot of it was like a silent film because of, yeah, even though yeah. there were bits where there was dialogue, um, obviously it was it was more difficult at that time to do it in terms of the kind of hidden camera approach. So they couldn't always like mic him up that well. So quite often you would hear him talking, but not the person that he was pulling the prank on that easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sound was really important. So yeah, the the ringtone obviously was a was a big part of it. But tracks like um, 
faithless and i think is it called drifting drifting away yeah when he's like the um the the is it a spy or like an agent or something that he's playing like yeah yeah that was like he was he was so clever at seeing that as being a theme tune yeah for that character they were that that's what they are they were all like theme tunes or the yeah. one um you know dr baker's calling in the morning yeah left a note he's and like that was that um what was the the song that was linked when he's just dressed as the Grim Reaper on a train station? I, I can't remember. And that's that just there's no talking in it. It's just a soundtrack. Yeah, and I think it possibly is Baby Bird. Um, that's on that one, or the Lars. That sort of stuff w- would have been featured. The Stone Roses. This is the one. Um, you know, Shine On, and obviously one of my favourite tracks from the uh, the soundtrack is um, Monaco. What do you want from me? With um. Uh, Peter Cook, uh, formerly of New Order, like that. What do you want from me? It's not that it. That's a, that's still a huge tune. Like I wish I'd go and see them. Well, they don't. They, they, he hasn't toured like that, and I'm not even sure he still plays it in a Peter Cook best off set, which is annoying. But yeah, maybe there's a bit of nostalgia, but. The, the likes of Spotify and having that soundtrack, I was already aware of Stereophonics. And although I, I got bought an album because mum, what's the green cover album? It's like a, I'm not a big Stereophonics fan, to be honest. Oh, um, yeah, I know which one you mean. Uh, Handbags and Glad Rags one. Yes, I think it is. I was bought that one Christmas because they knew I liked the song Just Looking. Uh, Just Enough Education to Perform. I was bought that album, I think, by my granny. Obviously, as a, what can I get, Ed? And mum said, oh, he listens to this thing. It's got stereo. And I think she picked a track off the back of it. So I was <laughs> so, bought a couple. So it could have just as easily been Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if I uh, could read your mind. If I could, yeah. Yeah, it could be. Or, or Men at Work, Suede. It was a great soundtrack. But Dom Johnny's been on and discussed how much thought he put into it, and it really mm-hmm. does show. Um, some of the clips are made because of the soundtrack that follows. Um, and there were, what, two or three seasons? Three seasons. Yeah. So Red, purple, and green. Yeah. The, um, the soundtrack. Similar well. artwork, and yeah, 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 it yeah. matched the title sequence. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And obviously the, the title song, Elastica. Yeah. Uh, which probably their biggest single um and a podcast once suggested that they were a one-hit wonder um i've not been back and really checked out the album but that that track is awesome you yeah know, down down and it suited the pace of the show what yeah, was coming yeah. Yeah. um but i guess they had more money and budgets for soundtracks then they didn't have to do scores i guess it must be cheaper to do a score than it is to try and get hold of 20 mm, tracks. i don't know it depends i mean it depends Who's doing the score? Yeah. If, if, if I was John, doing it... John Williams probably true. cost quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say that everything is nostalgic because there's a soundtrack um, for an album I'll quickly briefly mention called, uh, a film by, um, called About Time, which is by the guy who did um, Love Actually. Uh, used Richard Curtis. That's it. And About Time was a film that he did in 2013, which we went to the cinema to... um, No, did we? No, we didn't go to the cinema to see it. But we watched it on DVD. I think I bought it specifically to show Christy. And I was like, 
I've I've seen this, I think this, and it slowly became like our go-to film. Whenever we couldn't think of what to watch, we'd just watch About Time again. And in fact, Christy came down the aisle to a track that we found because of that soundtrack, uh, which is a track by a guy called Jimmy Fontana, who's an Italian sort of singer. And Christy walked down the aisle in her, um, her garden on our sort of celebration day to that track, because in the film the marriage scene she walks down the aisle to it and we were like what do you want to walk down the aisle to let's not keep it quiet and we were both we both just went oh fuck it we love that film walk down the aisle to that but there's a lot of that that's a cool soundtrack it's got ben folds on um the luckiest um and it's got some really good tracks on you know the sugar babes track on it it's a, it's a good soundtrack um mm. but yeah the, that's not nostalgic as such that was just because we loved that film um and a film that I know you love, which is quite a lot based on the soundtrack and silent images on no one talking, but there's just a soundtrack, is, um, I don't know if you were going to mention it, but Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to mention it, but <laughs> I, could right. probably, I could probably talk about I it. I thought you might. So I've lo- I sort of di- did a bit of research on it. I haven't made any fucking notes. But I thought it would possibly be one you mentioned. Not because you particularly love the tracks on it, but maybe because of the way it's used. Uh, yeah, I mean, crikey, I can probably talk about it a little bit off the cuff. I mean, I think it... I think Sorry it, to put you on the spot. It, no, it's all right. That, I think that film owes a lot of its success to that soundtrack, actually. Um, because what it does is, obviously, Guardians was like a um, an obscure kind of like 80s comic anyway, from like back in like the Marvel yeah. kind of like archives. So... I guess by by kind of painting the film with the sort of like brushstrokes of music from that era, it kind of just worked in an odd sort of way um, because there was this kind of like sort of like seventies, um, eighties B movie kind of like vibe to it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it yeah. all just kind of worked. It was almost as if like so when the Star Wars films came out, there was um, and there was this like mecha. Um, artist I, I don't know quite what they were but they did like this dance version of star wars which okay. obviously they didn't use it in the, the film it sort of came after yeah, yeah. Uh, it was so that they could play like this disco hit that fit with like the music of the time rather than the original um john williams score yeah, yeah but i do feel like you could play that over star wars and because of the era of the music match of the era of the film it would kind of work so i think that's it was an inspired choice, not only to have the music, but to to work it in in the way that they did, um, with obviously being his um, his uh, his uh, Walkman. That Walkman, was, yeah, was Peter the, Quill, Star Lord, yeah. um, yeah. obsessed. Uh, the be- what is it called? The best soundtracks ever, or something? Was the label of the CD? That it's an uh, awesome mix, Volume One. That's it. Sorry, yeah. I was way off. Your, your um, but obviously the start of the second film starts with. Um, Mr. Blue Sky and obviously yeah. young Groot sort of dancing and they're all in a massive fight sequence with this big monster yeah. and it's all silent except for you following Groot with Who's all in the, the stuff happening in the back yeah, yeah. yeah. to Mr. Blue Sky and obviously there's lots of um, moments like that where it's totally silent and it's just the soundtrack blaring obviously Marvel with the budgets that they're dealing with probably won't have battered an eyelid at trying to get songs like Don't Stop Me Now, Bohemian Rhapsody, 
the Father and Son by Cat Stevens and George yeah. Harrison, My Sweet Lord. So, but yeah, I think it's a good soundtrack. I've always enjoyed it. I thought that was yeah. one of the stronger bits of the film. I like the films, uh, but it is cool having the music sort of going alongside it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very clever. Um, I was going to, I was trying to find an applause at how well you handled me. <laughs> Uh, but I couldn't find it on my app. Can I talk about Garden State now? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. No, sorry. Because um, I, 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 um, I knew I wanted to mention Guardians and I thought you might. Literally, as you were saying Guardians, I thought, is, is he said Garden State wrong? Well, no, talk about Garden State because I, I, I also assumed you'd talk about this. I also assumed you'd talk about this. That's another soundtrack that I've bought on vinyl and I've been lucky to, to get. It's one I'm wanting to buy it kind of goes hand in hand with the scrubs soundtrack uh and listening to the the, the rewatch podcast that uh, zach braff and donald Faison are doing which at the is moment, really good it has revealed how a lot of that came about so when they were making scrubs that was when uh zach was starting to work on his screenplay for garden state and uh if, if you didn't know he's the director of the film um but the the method that they had for picking the music on Scrubs was Bill Lawrence, the creator, and and, and sort of more so his wife, uh, Krista Miller, who plays Jordan in yep. the show, uh, would just bring songs to the table that they liked. So there's a um, there's a Shins track, uh, New Slang, yep. which is actually in both of them, uh, and Zach used it because he liked it so much yeah, yeah, in Scrubs. Yeah. And the vibe is very similar. I mean, it's that kind of like Joshua Radin, Kerry Brothers. So, yeah. so really, I kind of lump the two into the same bracket. Like, obviously, um, I, I judge Garden State as a, as a separate uh, work of art. But in terms of the type of soundtrack, it's it's the same mix of artists and the same yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so from Garden State and Scrubs, I mean, I think probably once I'd really, uh, you know, uh, worked through all of the um, <laughs> Digimon and American Pie soundtracks for artists, like once I'd worked through that, I guess I was then getting into sort of like my 20s uh, and then I'd started rooting through the, the Scrubs and, and Garden State soundtracks. Um, but there's some great stuff in them. It's not all just like indie rock stuff like no. there's some like classics as well i mean you know if before glee uh used um journey and obviously made it a, a massive hit again it was in scrubs like it soundtracked um a, a poignant scene in in that show uh and then obviously in garden state you've got um the only living boy in new york uh, which is a classic but it just works perfectly in in the in the film where it's used and obviously garden state um were big champions of sort of like um was well, that braff sorry was a big champion of sort of unheard bands wasn't he yeah so yeah in the episodes where they first started talking on the podcast when they first start talking about tracks occasionally he'd just bring in a track and say i really like this and they'd sort of say, yeah, we can, I'm sure we can fit that in. But then it does have those moments with the bigger tracks like um, uh, Colin Hay, yeah. who obviously features in an episode yeah. playing the acoustic. Uh, and it's like, yeah, they sort of... And I think we've had this discussion before about um, Derek. I don't know if we, it was recorded at the time where you were saying these bigger people should be champion uh, should oh, be yeah, looking we, to this champion did, this did come up in an episode but they should be looking to champion new music but also you know in those tear-jerking moments or those moments where you need a big we are the champion style track don't be afraid to say fuck it if there's nothing better 
use it. In the case of Derek, it was, I think I mentioned how they use Fix You at the end of uh, series one. And it made me cry because I knew that Fix You, but it's all ultimately because you know in your senses that Fix You is a sad track. It's a sad moment. Bang. Cry. Mm. And that's how it worked for me. But the rest of Derek was all just hits in the little music they used. It wasn't like it was used regularly. Whereas I feel like Scrubs were bringing songs that you didn't know. Uh, And certainly songs I didn't know. I made a playlist of all the songs that are in Scrubs. I went through and just collected them all um, and and made a playlist. Uh, And I probably borrowed from some that people have put together anyway. Uh, And my plan was to start going through that even more and finding new artists from it. But it's like eight years worth of music and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so much of it is good that I genuinely don't know where to begin with a lot of it and I do wonder whether in a way probably the stuff that I'm I'm likely to really enjoy I've probably now already taken from the show yeah um you know said before like Kerry Brothers is I've, I've followed his stuff um for years um Josh Joshua Radin I've dipped in and out of yeah um but yeah, I mean, even even something like Fru Fru, like you know that that's crazy in a way that you know I I liked that track and then obviously learned that that's Imogen Heap and then got into Imogen Heap and then you know I've had that experience of, of working with Imogen Heap on you know yeah. doing vinyl and stuff. So it's funny how these things like you know it it almost seems quite insignificant just the soundtrack to something, but. Uh, yeah, it, it does seem to. It's, I think maybe it's just us. Perhaps other people have had a similar experience, but they've just they've affected our lives in quite profound ways. Yeah, I think it's one of those things like you could forget your nine times table off by heart, but yet if you put on an episode of Frasier, I can. Now I'm not saying this is a soundtrack, but I could still sing you the theme tune and yeah. still sing along, yeah. or in the sense of Scrubs, if there was a scene and next thing you know there was going to be a song I could probably start singing it before it kicks in yeah. in that episode do you think you've got room in your life for a new soundtrack to come along and shake up your music taste a bit not not to change things but to, to introduce you to some new stuff yeah I'd happily um, I'm always absorbing something musically um, the Umbrella Academy um I like the soundtrack. I've not gone and listened to it. That's a lot of... Gerard Way writes... There's a few tracks that have been written specifically for the um, the programme by Gerard Way and other people. Um, but they, they, there's a few tracks where I've gone, cool, good choice of track for that. But and some unusual ones. Like these the, are tracks I've already known about. Yeah, the Interrupters cover of um, Bad Eilish Guy. was yeah. on there. Um, which was the, the track that sort of made me think oh yeah like that um but yeah a lot of them are older um tracks i don't know if it's the tracks that i've heard already um again there's another film the boat that rocked which is about pirate radio but that's like 1990 uh it's the 60s isn't it it's radio caroline 
<coughs> yeah, based in the in the sixties. So all the tracks I knew them, but as a yeah. collection of songs, it's quite cool. Well, like, I was well, going to say that with Glow is that you know obviously that's set in the eighties. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I like the soundtrack, but it's not necessarily introducing me to anything. What's nice is that someone's already put them together in yeah. a, a playlist from that thing and it's like yeah I can listen to all of them and yeah, I like yeah. all of those tracks. yeah and the same for Guardians as well I mean you know it might unearth some weird gems from that era but it's not it's not um, introducing you to a new genre or a new you know sound or anything is it yeah, it's kind of sad that actually the most modern soundtrack that's probably really influenced me is that Trigger Happy one then because that's 2000 and bearing in mind Tony Hawk's was 1999 well the same sort of era yeah like but I'm not adverse to to having a soundtrack. Um, I'm trying to think of anything more recent that isn't about time, which was 2013, and I still listen to that playlist now. I'll put it on of an evening with dinner, maybe, because it's got, like, The Cure, Nick Cave. I wonder if the trend has changed a bit, because another thing that came up in the Scrubs podcast is that... Zach Braff was saying that quite often he hears a song and thinks, oh, I'd love to put that in something and then finds out that it was in Grey's Anatomy or, yeah, yeah. you know, like a lot of shows were doing that. I mean, One Tree Hill was another one. I was never really into that show, but they had integrated music so much that each episode was named after a song. Yeah, that, yeah. So after. randomly, there's like, there's one that's named after a Get Cake, Wreck It, Fly song, like, which is, that's a really cool thing, like, for, for him to be immortalised in that way. Yeah, um, something corporate. No, well, Jack's Mannequin was on it, I believe. That's right. And they had, like, the artist obviously playing at that, uh, was it Trip? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. The, um, uh, the Jack's Mannequin one was the, um, this is morning. Uh, da, 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 yeah, da, 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 um, da, da, song for a mixtape. That's the one. Uh, but they had different artists. But I only know that track because of that. Yeah. Oh, up to, that's a lie, really. But you, I, know, I, I knew something corporate. That is a Jack's Mannequin song, isn't that's it? That's right, yeah. yeah. I wasn't as into Jack's Mannequin as I was something corporate. Um, but they had different artists do the theme tune. Like yeah. each episode, it was a different artist doing yeah, it, which again, is a really cool idea. But they just, I mean, unless I'm completely overlooking it and perhaps I'm not the target audience for this sort of thing, but... I'm not aware of a show that's doing this quite in that way that some of these that we've discussed did. So I wonder whether it's something that... Um... No, Celebrity MasterChef isn't doing it. <laughs> um, what other stuff? This Farming Life, I really There we go. There's, there's a follow-up discussion. That... I'll tell you what is doing it. And sh- I bet, in fact, I might search it. They always have a track in. It's always iconic and it always fits what's on screen. I know where you're going with this. Home's under the hammer. <laughs> if a be... house has got subsidence, rolling, 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 get the bottom of it, or, you know, she better roll with it, you better, t- you know. Could it's... not be more on the nose if it tried. Yeah, I wonder if I search Spotify. But I feel like that is actually given uh, Home's under the hammer. Um, a bit of credibility? Not credibility. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, people talk about it. I don't think they would be talking Fuck about off. it. There is a Homes Under the Hammer playlist. Pixie Lot, uh, Eliza Doolittle, T-Rex, where, where, where? Hold the, on, hold on, cars. hold on. That's not how it works. You tell me the tracks and I tell you what's happening in that <laughs> scene. <laughs> I won't be able to tell you, will I? All right. Um, well, um, Eliza Doolittle, back to front. Somebody's gone and put the bloody covered doors on the wrong way around. 
<laughs> yeah, he walks in. Uh, the kitchen needs a bit of work. Look at the doors. <laughs> T-Rex, I love to boogie. Someone's put down some laminate flooring. There's damp underneath it, so it's raised a bit. So as you're walking on it, we love to boogie. <laughs> Go on, one more. Um, summer in the city. Uh, they're doing the house up in, I don't know, a suburb of London. And they bought it? In, during the, I don't know, June to August months. Fuck it, it's so easy. Brilliant. Oh my God. Billy Joel, Uptown Girl. It's a female entrepreneur. It's her fourth rental that she's bought. And she's walking down the street towards it before the house, that, which they pretend it's the first viewing. She's actually already bought it, got the planning permission in, but uptown girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fine. Was that one on the soundtrack? Yeah. Crikey. Every little thing she does is magic. The Police on Broadway by Tony Christie. Cover me, Bruce Springsteen. Someone's gone in and there's four layers of wallpaper. You know, <laughs> Cue the boss. <laughs> but, you know, soundtracks do... Maybe I'll save that soundtrack. <laughs> there's some bangers there. Well, maybe we'll share it. Um, on that note, uh, this is where we give you all those important notices about where you can find us and that sort of thing. But perhaps the most logical one to go with first is our playlist on Spotify, Ed and Liam's Infinite Playlist. So once you're done with Homes Under the Hammer, go and check out some of the songs that we would have discussed today on that. Uh, Edward, where can people find you? Um, at Run With Ed on Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Liam Toms on the same platforms and liamtoms.com. Don't forget, you can find the podcast at Two Trap Mind Pod everywhere that you would want to. Uh, Two Trap Mind.uk for the main list, and the Brain Trust group is on Facebook. Uh, as always, we put these notes in the um, in the show uh, description anyway. So if you've missed anything, go back and have a look there. Don't forget to rate and review. Yes, please do. If you listen on Acast or Apple, you can do that. Um, and if not, why not just be friendly and just give it a share? You know, tell someone about the show um, and uh, sing our praises and, and maybe we'll sing yours next week. Yeah, <laughs> next oh, time. I can make up a tune. Uh, it, it seems like a long time ago that we were picking these albums out for our uh, album club, but uh, we'll list those out on the socials as well uh, and join in for our, uh, our big um, review of these later in the year. I think that's everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much and goodbye. Bye.